So, uh, so with that, Brandon just took all my eternal rewards. Uh, but uh, that's cool, though. That was uh, four and a half years in the making, but... Well, guys, we got we to gotta get into it. And uh, I'm really thankful. <laughs> Did you guys notice this, this, this pulpit up here? I don't know if George Grace is in the house, but... Uh, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I kind of secretly hope that tonight they bring back the, the janky music stand. I don't know if he's here right now, but it's an honor to be speaking behind this pulpit uh, in front of you this morning, and so praise the Lord. Okay, um, well, let's, let's get into it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the message that we've already heard, and God, for the testimony by Josh, and, and just... Uh, God, everything that you're doing in, in our people's lives, like with Van and with LFBI and just, just where he is growing, and Lord, the praise has been so good already uh, to prepare us to hear from you so that we can respond, and Lord, we love you. God, please be with us. Please communicate through me as you intend. God, to you alone be the glory. Amen. It's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning. You wake up. You take a shower. You get dressed. Open the scriptures. You leave early for church, and when you show up, you, you set up chairs, you grab a vacuum, you, you clean some of the floors in the children's ministry, maybe you take the trash out, you maybe also are a greeter or an usher, and you're, you're busy doing things, and it's just a joy. It's just a joy. Everything is, is amazing. You get to see your family and friends again. You catch up with some friends for a minute, and all of a sudden, in the background, you hear the worship songs are, are, are playing and the service has already begun and so now you're kind of ushering yourself in and you gladly join in in song. Man, what a praise, what, what, a, what a joy it is to praise the Lord in singing and the pastor begins his sermon and man, what a good message. You even take notes, right? Surprise, surprise, right? You, you're, you're scribbling down notes and afterwards you help with some cleanup. Always there's need to clean up the house and so after that, you're on your way home or you have lunch with friends. And all in all, it was a great day of worship. All in all, it was, it was a wonderful day of worship. Now, it's Monday morning. It's Monday morning. You, 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 you take a shower. You wake up. You take a shower. You get dressed. You open the scriptures. You leave for work. And while at work, a friend even comes up to you. And, and a friend who maybe is dealing with some relationship issues or, or things in their life. And they begin to ask you questions about your God. And Man, you get kind of excited and pumped, and so during your lunch break, you, you sit next to them, maybe at a cafeteria, or you, you take them out to lunch, and you say, man, you had some questions, let's talk, and, and you spend time talking with them about the gospel, and you're sharing your faith, and you're giving them the answer that lies within you, and man, what a great opportunity. Later in the day, you, you keep working, and you happily head home, and man, you're just heads in the clouds because of what God has done, and maybe because you were just a good worker that day, I don't know, but you do all these things, and small group is tonight, Bible studies tonight, and so you share with the group about the opportunity that you had, and man, you, you share with them about what God did, and, and it's, it's exciting, and how thankful you are to be used of God, and then everyone shares, you know, with the group their Bible studies, and maybe we go around, or we, we do Discovery Bible Method, or whatever it is, and we all share what God is teaching us, and ah. What a great way to start the week, right? What a great way to start the week. Sunday was, was full of singing and preaching and teaching, serving the body, loving the saints. 
Monday was a good day at work, and you even got to share the gospel. And yet, despite what appeared to be two great days, upon further investigation, the one thing that I didn't mention was prayer. Now, maybe you're assuming that those things were existing, but I I specifically took that part out of the Sunday morning experience. I took that part out of the, the Monday commute to work and even the opportunity. The one thing that was missing was prayer. And so our title for today is this, without prayer, without prayer. You see, there's a lot that can be done outside of prayer. You can keep yourself quite busy doing rather exceptional things. You can do exceptional things even, and I mean that sincerely. After all, the work of God is exceptional. We, as as co-laborers with Christ, get to be a part of the work of God, which is an exceptional thing. It's amazing. And we get to participate in that work. You see, there's, there's a lot that can be accomplished without prayer. You can study the scriptures without prayer. You can have your daily devotion. You can, you can be an LFBI or even be in a small group Bible study. You can serve the body of Christ without prayer. Teach kids, take care of the offering or even cleaning the building. You can preach and teach without prayer. You can really prepare and execute a sermon. You can, you can go from the beginning of your preparation to the delivery of that message without prayer. And you can even evangelize without prayer, telling many people about Christ. When we, when we really get down to it, there's actually a lot we can do for God. There's a lot that we can do for God without actually speaking with God. We want to serve Him We just don't have time to spend time with him. Guys, that's like saying, I want to be married and I want to serve my spouse, but I don't want to spend time with her. Following this logic, we assume that our life, our life, our vitality comes from the things that we do rather than the one we know. In this manner, We eschew an intimate relationship with God in favor of religious activity. And in the most troubling manner, your life becomes a contradiction in that the path of your sanctification is no longer based upon your helpless need of salvation. Now your sanctification is based upon the things you do instead of the God you know. The problem with this behavior is that we are willingly trading union with God, union with our Savior for what is perceived to be godly activity. In this, activity and business, simply doing the work of God takes precedence over connecting with God and allowing God to do a work in you. Read with me Psalm 51, 16 through 19. 
This is David's psalm of repentance from his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. Start with me in verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. David says, God, I know that you're not interested in my sacrifice following this great and heinous act of his. God, I know that you're not interested in all of the sacrifices that I can do for you. Or else I'd give it. Or else I'd give it to you, Lord. But I know that's not what you desire. Let's keep going. David continues in verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. God, you're not interested in my right doing, is what David says in Psalm 51. You're not interested in my religion. God, you want my heart. You want my heart. God, you want me to be broken before you. This requires times of union. This requires times of union, not good activity. And watch how the psalm ends. Psalm 51, verse 19 Then, don't forget those small words, then shalt thou be pleased with the, what was that word? The sacrifices of righteousness. Verse 16, David says, you don't want my sacrifices. And verse 19, he says, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering, and with whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. You see, the activity of God, the ministry, the religion, everything that we do on a daily basis or all the things that we can do within the confines of the church building or without, the activity is meaningless without the heart. God wants you. He wants your heart. Man, once God has our heart, once he once the, and this requires that, that union with God, that communion with God, when we come out of that, we'll bring on the sacrifices. We'll bring on the sacrifices. David says, God, I know you don't want my sacrifices. <laughs> and here's our sacrifices. Well, what, what, what transpired? He says, God, I know what you want. You want my heart. You want me. You want my life. You see, When we give God our lives, not the things that we do for Him, then your activity, when we begin with a heart's desire unto Him, then our activity is flowing from a place of union. Union with Him. Now what is the physical result? What what is the, the consequence or what is the physical result of trading our union with God for activity. Well, the physical result is this. It's usually a very active, busy church. It's usually a very active and busy church. Which, guys, first things I want to say, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. That is a blessing. But at times, this can make us assume, and I hope that you can hear me right now, this can make us assume that the life of the church is based upon all the things that we're doing as a church. We assume that the life that we have is based upon what I'm doing for God rather than having my life be set unto Him, 
unto the Lord. So we begin to think that the things that we are doing for God, that that's what brings life rather than the union we have with God. In addition, we, we see that the spiritual result may bring about a knowledge of God, yet without a relationship with Him. So the spiritual result of, of us being active in our, in our service to God, but yet without prayer, without that union, we see the spiritual result is that yes, you can accumulate knowledge of the Word. You can accumulate a knowledge of God, yet without a relationship with Him, yet without a personal walk with Him. You know about God. You, you know the things of God, but you lack the heart of God. And so simply put, everything you know makes you a teacher of the Word, but you are no longer a student. You, you know how to communicate the scriptures. You know how to break down uh, the keys of Bible study. You know how to lead a Bible study. You know how to preach. You know how to, you know how to lead someone to Christ. You're absolutely a teacher. You know the scriptures. The problem is, is you're no longer a student. You're no longer submitted to him, seeking him and his advice and, and, and crying out to him. You're no longer a disciple. Psalm 9-1, to the chief musician upon Muthlaban, a psalm of David, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. With my whole heart. I will show forth all my marvelous works. Didn't say that, did it? He says this, listen, you gotta see this. O Lord, I will, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Isn't that interesting? You see, you see, when we spend time with God, when we have union with God, when we, when we commune with Him in the Word and in prayer, the focus is no longer based upon all the things that we can do for God. It's based upon all the things that He's done for us. And so now I have a focus change. Now it's not, well, I'm going to do these things for God. I'm just going to say, I just need to tell you about Him. I'm enthralled by who He is. Can I tell you about my Savior? Can I tell you about who He is? Can I, can I show you who He is? And so the reason why I do the things that I do within the church or, or, or in my ministry is not because I'm trying to be approved of God in some way. It's because I just, well, I know him. I know him. I know who he is. You see, when God has your heart, it's not about all the things that we can do. But now it's considering all the things he can do. And by God's grace, he'll choose to include us in his work. So listen, we can do a lot of stuff unto the Lord, but without, and please don't miss this, without someone calling out to God, our activity is meaningless. We can do a lot of things for God, and there's a lot of activity that can be even praiseworthy, if you would. But without someone, anyone, calling out to God, the activity is meaningless. This is key point number one. Everything we are is hinged upon a moment in which we cried out to God. You guys believe that? That everything you are, everything that we are as a church, it hinges upon that moment that you cried out to God. It hinges upon nothing else but that. That moment that we cry out to Him. 
beginning with our salvation and continuing on. So why, if we understand that everything hinges upon that moment where we cry out to God, that moment of salvation, if, if we understand that, then why would we depart from such an origin? Why would we depart from such a, a holy place? Why would we depart from such a place of union for a place of work? Colossians 2.6 As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Galatians 3, 1-3 O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you, this only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Everything we are hinges upon not just prayer, but a prayer. A prayer. Christianity is literally not based upon what you do. It's based upon who you know. Everything about Christianity has nothing to do with, 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 with what you do for God. It's based upon what we know of Him and, and, and who we know and do you have a relationship with Him. So listen, none of the rest matters. If there isn't a moment when you cry out to God to save you, and this is true about every ministry endeavor you'll encounter. First John 5, 12. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. Now you guys are like, well, I know that verse. Guys, the goal of the Christian walk is Christ. The goal of the Christian walk, the goal of the Christian experience. Guys, I want... We're full, there's a room full of people who want to, to serve the Lord, follow the Lord. Want to, they want to matter when it comes to, to the judgment. Man, I don't want to stand there empty. I get it. But guys, I'm telling you, if we would just simply have the focus that the goal of my life is Christ. Man, I'll tell you, everything else follows. Everything else follows. Philippians 3, 8, 8 and 9. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He says, everything else is loss, could care less. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, suffered, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, I don't have anything to prove to you. Why? <sighs> that I may win Christ. You know, Paul's not talking about his salvation there. He's talking about that daily walk that I may win him. You know, sometimes people talk about relationships, you win someone's heart. That I may win Christ. That I may win him. And be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, not of the things that I do, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. You can preach a thousand messages, but unless prayer exists, Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. And I'm not trying to be flowery in my speech. I'm not trying to give some rah-rah message. I literally mean nothing will happen. How does the lost soul come to Christ? 
How does the wayward soul return to their Savior? Is it not by calling out to God? Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The hearing of the word must create a response. I hear what you said, God. This requires a response from man. This requires a response from you and I. The Christian walk requires a response with our God. Yes, we can, we can, we can speak with fellow man. We can even give a response to other men. But in the end, that response cannot be to man to be right with God. If you want to be right with God, you cannot just have a discussion with someone else. You have to speak with him. The response must be to God. There must be a crying out to God. The salvation prayer and the repentant prayer then becomes, the whole purpose of that is to make a unifying moment. Do you guys follow this? The whole purpose is to be in union with God. You were lost in your sins. You were separated from God. The whole point of our salvation is that once you were, you were separated, now you've been reconciled back to him so that we could have union again. Amen. The whole purpose of this Christian experience that we have right now is to spend it in union with God. What a, what a treat, what a joy. And so as we pray, the response must be to God. The crying out must be to him. The salvation prayer and the repentant prayer become a unifying moment. Lost man is reconciled to God. The prodigal son is brought back to God. Only through prayer. Only through prayer. There is no other way. In this manner, it must be understood that every spiritual decision, if we connect with this, every spiritual decision is to him. Every spiritual decision it is to him. It's not for him, it's to him. Your decision to follow the Lord will only bring significance as we bring our petitions and confessions before him. Yeah, we can have conversations with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and those can be healthy. Having that iron, sharpening iron, and that fellowship, and, and that bond. But I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this, to become right with God, to become right with God, or to grow in your walk with God, it must require conversations with Him. The power of our spiritual walk is through our union with God, and this is key point number two. Prayer allows the ministry to become an outpouring of our union with God. In this manner, ministry is no longer an activity, but a testimony. Prayer allows the ministry, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we cry out to God, as we commune with Him, as we call upon Him, prayer allows the ministry to become an outpouring. Ministry is no longer some, some shuffle and some like attempt to like do a bunch of things for God. No, now because of union with, with him, ministry now is an outpouring of that time, of that union. In this manner, ministry is no longer an activity. It's a testimony. Imagine that, that the ministry doesn't have to have a start and stop time. It's not just something that we all do. 
Rather, it becomes a testimony of God's faithfulness. So whatever I'm a part of is simply a praise fest. Isn't worship the highest calling? So, so, but, well, we have our time of worship and then we have our time of ministry. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> Why don't we just have our time of worship? Why doesn't everything just, just become worship together? And so now my ministry is simply, man, my God's awesome. I'm just going to keep telling you about how awesome he is. And I'm just going to keep going and going. And, and maybe you don't have to listen to me, but, but that's kind of all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep talking about how awesome he is because of my union with him. And so ministry is now a testimony of our conversations with him. The ministry is not scheduled, it's lived. And understanding this, we see that our sanctification process is not about behavior modification. Sanctification is not about behavior modification, where you are now just going to start doing better things. I'm going to start doing different things now. We recognize that sanctification is not about just doing different things now. Well, shucks, I was doing bad things, but now I'm going to do better things. That's sanctification. No, it's not. No, it's not. We recognize that sanctification is birthed out of union with God. So knowing Him, then, that becomes the goal. The goal is Christ. So then as we consider our ministry, as we consider our whole life, it's before the Lord. So my sanctification process is not about behavior modification. It's about me making a choice to say, God, I need you. I'm going to spend time with you. And so as I spend time with you, guess what happens? Well, my behavior changes. Shocker. So we know him. We realize that this is the goal, learning who he is. We speak with him. And out of that union, you realize this is what God has called me to. He's called me to himself. This is where we realize what God has called me to. And we're like, oh, is it XYZ country? Am I going to be a missionary, a pastor, a deacon? Am I going to work in the children's ministry? What has God called me to? And God says, I've called you to me, to me. And out of that union, then God continues to walk with you. And next thing you know, you're like stumbling over children's ministry, right? Because they're little, they're kids and they're small. (laughs) You're stumbling over all these things and God is just completely placing you in that spot. You don't have to think about whether you're supposed to be a missionary because you're just walking with God. You don't have to worry about all these things. You worry about your relationship with him. And so out of that union, you realize that God, he's calling you to himself, which then, surprise, surprise, affects my behaviors and my actions. We must understand that the power of the ministry is found in prayer, whether that is unto salvation, sanctification, or service. Even in discipleship, unless prayer exists, change unto the Lord is not possible. Unless we connect with God, our actions are powerless. So let's close our time today with some practical steps. I just wanted to give you a couple steps before we close. Number one is this. Let's not make it complicated. Prayer is an invitation. Prayer is an invitation. It is you inviting God into your life. Isn't that how you got saved? So why don't we just keep doing that on a daily basis? Prayer is in, it's an invitation. It's you inviting God into your life whether that is for salvation or for your sanctification. It's asking the Lord, God, would you join me today? 
Would you join me today? Lord, would you, would you lead me in your word? Would you guide my family? Would you guide me as a husband? Would you guide me as a friend, as a coworker? Would you guide me, Lord? I need you today. Lord, I invite you into my life so that the actions of my life become honoring to you. Number two, prayer is a response. Prayer is an invitation, but prayer is a response. As we read God's word, he instructs us, amen? As we hear him more properly, we now have an opportunity to respond to him. God, I, I see what you're saying. God, I see what you're saying, and if your word says this, then this needs to be true of me as well. And so I'm going to respond to you, God. I see what you say, God. And so as I respond to his word, I say, well, God, I need this to be about me. I, I need this to be about my life as well. As we respond to God's word, we have opportunities to declare back to God that communion now exists. And we declare to him what is true. I now can align myself with my Savior. And so, yes, I hear the word. That's good. I reckon it's good. Guys, it requires a response. I need to look at the word and I need to say, God, I see what you said. I understand it. And God, I need it to be in my life. I want to align my heart with you and I want to declare it back to you, God. I love Psalm 37, 23, and we're going to close. It says, the steps of a good man, man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in what? His way. His way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you desire union with us. And Lord, I pray that today we would recognize, as I believe churches collected here together who are Bible-believing churches who desire to do a great work unto you, Lord, I pray that we would begin that with union with you, that we would not get so focused on the activity or, or the doing that we would forget you, Lord. Give us the ability to stand on what is the most important thing, time, affection, communion with you. Lord, we love you. We pray these things knowing that you're faithful. Amen.